This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Welcome to the Reaction Podcast for the Raptors versus Wizards. The Raptors beat the Wizards 129-120. I'm your host, Sarar. Filling in for the vacationing, William Liu, who is in Colombia doing whatever you do in Colombia, and I'm guessing it involves a lot of blow. This one uh, had shades of the Knicks game all over it, Sam. Yeah, definitely. I agree. You kind of always expect a game like that to tumble its way into overtime so that we can all bludgeon ourselves to death with horrible basketball. But that wasn't the case. Yeah, and it it was a yo-yo game. Like, I mean, the Raptors were kind of like early on, they were doing okay. And then the Wizards came back and the Raptors took a lead. The Wizards came back and the Wizards took a lead and the Raptors came back. In that third, in that early third quarter when the Wizards were pulling ahead, Uh, The Raptors defensively just looked shot. Like, they didn't have Kawhi Leonard today. Uh, Neither did they have uh, McCaw. Obviously, uh, Fred is out. Um, That that third quarter defensively was worrying, not just because of this meaningless game in the grand scheme of things, but you're like, if this team is capable of playing that poor of a defense, things don't bode well. But then again, you know, like Jekyll and Hyde later in the third quarter, a complete turnaround led by Ibaka, Norm, OG, who was huge defensively, and obviously Siakam, who we'll talk about, just completely turned the game around, got the Raptors in it, got the crowd back in it. The momentum shift from like horrible defensively in the first part of the third to like amazing defensively and your defense fueling your offense in that third was like night and day. Yeah, definitely. It was, uh, I guess we could save that for later rather than me get into the specifics of that right now. We, we only have 15 minutes, Sam, so you got to get okay, into it. Okay, so the start of the third, like, before the 15-0 run happened, 
it was actually Lynn and um, OG checked in, and that the first point that was scored in that run was the Lynn bounce pass kind of from the top of the key to the streaking OG. He threw that dunk down, and then they started that 15-0 run. Siakam got two blocks in that span. Ibaka started walking down, and that jump-started everything. Believe it or not, Lynn and OG hitting the court. Obviously, the other players at that point in time did a good job, but the 15-0 run started immediately after they checked in, which was great. Yeah, and OG, who's had an up-and-down season, like was a huge defensive spark. And if you, in, in the first, uh, I think, first half, first quarter, maybe he had that steal where he just anticipated a pass from like a point to wing, picked it off and ran it back for for a dunk. You haven't seen much of that OG this year for, for a lot of different reasons, but to see him like play that, that well defensively like was like a welcome sign because and, and then top it off off he also had 22 points on 9 of 14 shooting which is just icing on the cake but defensively like he was he was as good as he's been all season he has the capability to have like a very large impact on the game on the defensive end it's not like there's players who have played for the Raptors in the past where you see them get a key steal like when CJ Miles had like five steals in a quarter or something we're like wow but it's still not the same as like a two steal game for OG where he's as engaged as he was tonight. And like you said, the point to wing pass, that's at least somewhat of a constant for him in a year of inconsistency, inconsistency, sorry. And it's great to see him get back to that man, because you can even see when he's streaking on like a breakaway for that dunk, he's having trouble placing the ball in front of him. He's, he's got these fumbly hands right now, but he was, he was very, very sure of himself tonight. He chucked up a bunch of threes, hit a bunch more, and he looked great, man. It was very rewarding for, I'm sure, everyone and myself to watch OG come along like that. Yeah. And maybe, maybe you know, in this game, we didn't have Kawhi Leonard, who was uh, who was resting, and then uh, Fred and obviously was out. So the Wizards definitely had a had an upper hand in terms of, the, you know, having the better help. And the Raptors had a, like basically a nine-man rotation, an eight-man rotation, really, because Chris Boucher made a, a quick appearance in that early fourth quarter to start, to start it. But the Raptors went with three guys off the bench, OG, Gasol, and Jeremy Lin. Um, let's, let, let's talk about Lin for a second. Uh, eight points, three for seven, um, came in, had some clean looks, which he missed, especially from three. But overall, I thought his impact in the game was was high. Like you mentioned, that third quarter uh, run the Raptors went on, which was fueled by him and, and and OG. But he he it looks like we don't have to do too much work to fit him into the offense. He's like a high IQ player that you don't necessarily have to worry about him. You can kind of throw him out there, and you know he's not going to do anything negative on the on on the floor. Right. I mean, he's. 100% competent and has a really high basketball IQ. So it's not like he's a player you have to like go demand him to create. It's just that his competence and high basketball IQ will create situations for themselves and he's not going to make a ton of mistakes. And the good thing tonight with the short rotation was that he was generally surrounded by pretty good players. And when you're a competent player and have a high IQ, you're generally making the right basketball plays. And tonight he was surrounded by guys who were able to capitalize on the things he did well. I mean, he could have just as easily been five for seven. He's a, a fine three-point shooter. And he missed one of his classic little stop and pops in the lane that rimmed out kind of weird. But he he was just those two remotes away from having like a hugely effective game mm-hmm. um, for the box score. But he was very effective just as far as 
having great synergy with everybody and getting people the ball where they like it as far as that goes. And Gasol, we have to talk about uh, 19 uh, minutes he played off the bench, uh, seven points. It, it certainly looked like Nick Nurse is still figuring out, obviously it's game number three, on how he wants to use, forget about like when Gasol comes in and when he exits and all that, but what we do with Gasol when he's on the floor. Because right now it's like, you, you can see Nick Nurse thinking, you know what, this might be a good time to like give, the, give him the ball in the post and see what he does. And you see a couple of those plays, but they're almost like, hey, we got a big man who can pass, just throw him the ball and see what happens. Like there's no, um, at least in, in this early stage, there's no like structure to it. It's just like, let's just use this guy who somebody told me can pass the ball really well. Let's dump it in there, see what happens. Yeah, so when, like for a lot of this year leading up to this with Kyle and Kawhi doing what they were doing, you didn't see a lot of pointing. But tonight with obviously Van Vliet was out, Lynn was in, and Gasol was in. There's a lot of pointing and just kind of like, waving away at people and that happens with Gasol on the floor because basically it's like give him the ball on the block cut and fill see what happens but you can't just run that because you have to have secondary actions and it doesn't seem like they planned for that so a lot of those just came down to maybe a couple tough shots Gasol was forced into a couple bricks and you know it's okay but obviously like you said they have to work towards getting something more structured for him that he can get away from when there's potential for something fantastic yeah and and i think the gasol thing you know it's, it's kind of premature to like comment on you know how we how he's being used it's, it as i said it's game number three so let's, let's let's give it a little time and and see what what nurse ends up doing with him but we got to get to uh the man of the hour man pascal siakam career high 44 points 15 of 25 um 10 of 12 from the line four of five from three that goes with 10 rebounds uh, three blocks and uh two assists to go with it uh Dude, I, I I can't like I have I can't remember a raptor who sees a mismatch and just exploits it immediately without hesitation, and just his 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 speed and his length results in some sort of mismatch almost on every possession where there's a guy who's either slower than him, who's smaller than him, who you know who doesn't have his reach, uh, who isn't a good defender, or or, or just there's something there's something Siakam does better than whoever they put on him and he's amazing at figuring out what that something is and just exploiting it i i love it watching him take bradley beal to the rack while he's leaning with his elbows on bradley beal's shoulders exploiting his length and just running to the rim fantastic when he gets jeff green on him he's gonna use his speed when he had jabari parker he broke out combos on dribbles and just started breaking them down with the dribble you're seeing so much growth in such a short amount of time and to go from the Siakam we saw when he had that spot start in his first game ever where he's shooting 18 footers on the baseline trying to run really fast on both ends of the court and now you see him in the early shot clock so if it doesn't work out he can just pass out and they can still run it which is why he's such a blessing for this team but in the early shot clock you see him absolutely breaking down defenders and making look really easy no matter who gets thrown at him he's crushing the competition i mean the the name of the recap i'm doing tomorrow starts with pascal siakam eats the sun and then i'll come up with something for jeremy lynn but he's incredible man yeah and it's 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 as you said like it's it's you you don't know where to start with the guy because 
Like you can point to so many different facets of the so many plays in this game, so many like the block that he had late in the fourth quarter when the Wizards were trying to come back, uh, like on that uh, near the Raptors bench, just an athletic block. Like he was locked in offensively and defensively. Obviously, we'll talk about his 44 points uh, more just because it's it's offense. But man, defensively, he was equally impressive. Couple of plays that that just just couple of habits of Siakam that that, that just that, that stick with me is that. He's so quick in recognizing a guy who he can post up, going into the post up, and then making the guy confused on which way he's going to go, left and right, because he can go either way, and then just pick one, and all that happens within three seconds. Like, he'll do do all that thinking so quickly. And the the other aspect of his game, which I just love, is that he has a, he has a, he has a long and a quick first step. So if he beats you, he's gone. Like mm-hmm. there's almost no chance the defender will catch up to him because of the length of his first step. A lot of guys have a lot of guys have quick first steps, but if you like if you move your feet fast enough, you can kind of backtrack and catch up to them, maybe you pick up a charge or what have you. With him because it's such a lengthy first step and he's so quick at it, like once he once he once he's past you, he's past you, he's gone. He's at the rim and like you 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 you're going the other way. I sometimes I think he's a mathematician or something because his recognition and how he utilizes angles is incredible because when you watch big men on television a lot of the time you'll see the opening for a drop step or a hook as you're watching you'll be like okay he's got the angle there maybe Valanciunas Serge Marcus all wouldn't take it but this or sorry Siakam always seems to abuse the angles and then as far as how he's shooting like you said, if a guy can manage to get in front of him, he's going to be way off balance because it takes a lot to get in front of Siakam when he's trying to burst by you. And then when the guy's off balance, Siakam just bumps him and then switches to a crazy shoulder angle. Like he can finish from his hip, the quarter angle, or he can finish like directly above his head. And he can, there's no way you can contest a shot. And he finishes at such a high efficiency. I just, I don't know how teams plan for him because. He can break open a game and put a 40-burger on you and have it look like he might have scored 25, but he's going for 44. He's incredible. And, and to pick up on that point on on his uh, his shot, like his the nature of his shot, like from the hip, from the top, it's almost like because he started playing basketball so late, he didn't get the coaching early on, which said, hey, man, you got to be have your feet set when you shoot. You know, you got to have your you know arm motion this way. You got to go follow through. Like all those things he kind of skipped out on. So he did, he wasn't programmed to be a traditional shooter. So he's like, you know what? Let me find the easiest way I can to put the ball in the net. And just by figuring that out, he just figured out, you know what? I can just like shoot from my hip. I can just take the ball across my head and switch to the other arm and get it that way. Like it, it, it's almost like the lack of basketball education early on in his development has kind of in a weird way helped him out because he, he doesn't have all the tendencies of traditional players. So when he makes these moves, it just surprises people or that he plays in fa- like on the in transition he plays like a striker trying to get in behind the defense like yeah. he doesn't care about setting up for the offense that's coming he'll run straight under the basket then run back out to the side maybe set a screen but he's like i have to get ahead of the defense before anything happens and the way that like bends the floor for the raptors offense especially in transition is crazy and it's it's those little things flare that he brings to the game that can't be replicated. 
It's so much fun to watch, as and it's really rewarding as a fan. God, he's he's a really fun guy to cheer for. This yeah. was awesome to watch tonight. And, and there's like a in, on Instagram, I saw this, and uh, there's like a like an image which says of him and Anthony Davis, and the caption is like, you know, some of the best trades are the ones you don't make. And while watching this game, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah, some of the best trades are the ones you don't make. You're right. You're right. <laughs> uh, but just one last thing for Siakam if we're going to bookend it. He uh, he had a great quote at the end of the game um, when he was talking about um, his 40-point game. He said, I just wish my dad was there to watch that. Those are just the things that I think about. I think about how proud he would be of me and how amazing those types of moments would be for him to witness. Yeah, what I, a I, wonderful I, guy, man. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, he's, he's amazing. Uh, also, I think we got to talk about Kyle Lowry, man. Because uh, his shot is coming back. He's taken charges, 13 assists on the night, 14 points. Uh, in February, he's shooting 47% from three-point. Uh, that's you know that's up from 30% in uh, January. And his dismal uh, December was 22%. So this is a guy that's finding his shot now. Uh, and he's hitting big shots. They're, they're like meaningful. One of those Kyle Lowry in-transition killer threes, which kind of deflates the opposition. Uh, talk about Lowry, man. What, what did you What did you like about him? Basically, the thing that makes Lowry the scariest player on the court is that when he was at his best, a flare screen above the break for him was like a killer for other teams, and especially when he was able to pump fake and attack off of it. Right now, the pump fake isn't there, but the shot is, and that's a huge return for his game because obviously, ten of his twelve attempts tonight were from three. But he is 40% from downtown, so nobody cares that he shot 4 for 12. And we shouldn't because he's creating so much space, and the gravity commands when his shot is back. Now he's back to putting up these crazy amounts of assists. He's got 13 assists tonight, hit four triples, and he's hitting the big ones. And the most important part for me is that he's not hitting super easy triples. He's hitting those ones that are in rhythm and the ones that are in important parts of the game that really have built his, I guess, reputation as Kalo, Kyle Lowry over everything. And, man, he had such a good game. He took charges, he had big shots, and he passed the ball around like a magician. It was great. Yeah, man, uh, absolutely. So uh, let me do a quick McDonald's check. Oh, the Raptors hit 16 threes today, so everybody gets free McDonald's fries tomorrow. So uh, have that fun a, with that. Yeah, that's, that's a thing. Toronto thing? Oh, that's a, that's a Toronto thing, man. Like, it's, it's all they talk about at work. It's like... like like, anytime they see me with my Raptors shirt on, they're like, how many threes did the Raptors hit? I'm like, ah, Jesus Christ, man. Siakam had like 40, 44 points. How about that? Does, it, know, extend, just... does it extend to the rest of the GTA? Uh, it even it might even be... No, I, yeah, it's definitely in the GTA. It might even be Canada-wide. I'm not 100% sure. It's definitely GTA. Yeah, it's not. Uh, let's, uh, l- let's talk a little bit about... Um, Ibaka, I think uh, I think he, he gets kind of lost in the mix today, but just because of uh, just oh, the, the Siakam and all that, his stellar game, another double-double, 13 rebounds, 10 points, uh, 4 for 9. Uh, I'm trying to look at his uh, shot chart right now, and, you know, uh, it's... Uh, there it is, yeah. So he's got like a three, a couple, a two threes, two, uh, a mid-range jumper, you know, and, and a couple of shots at the hoop. He is all over the place. Like I, I have this fear where Serge Ibaka will kind of regress to the mean and then go even further the other way and become like Serge Ibaka of last year's playoffs. And so far, it hasn't happened. And knock on wood that it doesn't happen. But can you can you say something to 
make me feel better that that won't happen to Serge Ibaka? Uh, yeah, definitely. There was so so far this year, he's been obviously a heat pump on offense. He's been extremely efficient. But over the past month and a half, he hasn't been that efficient, but he still looms large as one of the most important pieces to the Raptors. It's because he's been liberated in a way on defense that he wasn't last year, and he's playing significantly better filling in on offense than he was last year as well. Like, it's not just the jumper. When we traded for him, he was a 38% three-point shooter. Now he's shooting probably somewhere around like 27% for the year this year but he still remains one of the most important players on the Raptors. And we all consider this maybe his best season ever. Obviously it'd be nice if he bumped his three point percentage up and especially in time for the playoffs, that'd be incredible, especially against the bucks. Let's hope, but he's doing so much on defense and he's doing a lot of talking, something we all really like Marcus all for. And he's very active on offense, even when he's not hitting jumpers. And so I think that him being everywhere, taking shots from everywhere, is it seems worrisome because you like a guy to get his shots in all the same place when they're a tertiary option. But I think it just means that he's occupying any role that's being asked of him right now and putting up open shots. And hopefully he keeps hitting them at a decent rate. So I feel good about Serge. Really good. All right. All right. All right. Good enough. Um, oh, one more thing. Yeah. He has six assists. That's, that's I, my... I, I, I didn't see any of them. Oh, yeah. That's the crazy thing. I, I hardly saw any either. I don't know how. And same with Kawhi Leonard against Brooklyn. He had eight assists. I'm like, where are these happening? And then I kind of think, like, it must be Siakam. It's always Siakam. Yeah, yeah. Some of those, gen- some of those assist calls are very generous, man. Yeah, they must so, be. Uh, yeah. Well, they're at home, I suppose, right? Well, speaking of home, being at home and a home advantage, I don't ever talk about refs ever. I just think things average out over time. Definitely. But in that third, when the Wiz were up, like, you know, I think they were up like nine or ten or whatever it was, and the Raptors were trying to claw back, and just some of the calls that were made were just so bad. The one where they gave Washington like three free throws on what when Norman Powell basically it was an illegal screen set on Norm. They didn't call the illegal screen, and Norm before the shot even kind of like barely like touched his, you know, the the the, the fold of his shirt, yeah. and they called a foul right there. That's it's confusing to see, right? Because Jack Armstrong, uh, shout out to the god Jack Armstrong, but uh, he had a pretty good point when he said, "If Bradley Beal does that to Norman Powell, nobody cares." And I understand you have to cater the league to superstars a little bit if Bradley Beal qualifies as one. But a lot of guys, when they follow people on screens, they'll put that hand on the hip to help the guy pull them through. It's not something that's like rare to see. And Powell, Powell is really good at dodging screens, getting around. So the fact that he was bumped out by Bryant probably should have had the refs give him some leeway there. But yeah, you're absolutely right. He barely touched. He had his one hand on the right hip, which I understand the ref probably saw. And then his left hand came around and brushed the jersey. And then so yeah. the ref, I'm, I guess, might have assumed it was like a push on the back. But it wasn't. So it was weird. And there was a lot of strange calls. I mean, Pascal Siakam on his offensive foul. He had two of them. and But the one in the third quarter was really strange because Trevor Reza only had one foot on the ground. And there was a lot of ticky-tack calls. I don't. I never complain about refs. I don't think you'll ever see it in my writing because, like you said, everything evens out. I don't think there's, like, a grand unifying narrative in the NBA to, like, 
have the Cavs last year or the Golden State Warriors um, this year win the chip, like the chip, or have the Raptors lose. But it's it was strange tonight. Weird calls. Yeah, and, and the one that also bugged me was the flagrant call against Kyle Lowry. Um, like he like he put his hands up and his hands hit the other guys like. Like uh, not even face. It was like his shoulder, the front of his shoulder got hit, and they reviewed it and called a flagrant. Like, and Kyle was like very animated in, in, and usually Kyle, like I'm like Kyle, just calm down. It's a rep. Just like don't do it. But I was I was totally with him this time. I was like, well, how in what league? Even in today's standards, the league has gotten soft, obviously. But even by today's standards, that's a soft flagrant. Definitely, I agree with that. It was it was strange to see because you saw he got like the where the shoulder meets the neck. And Thomas Bryant is a big dude. And when you watch it, his reaction to his face, I don't know, maybe there was some sort of incidental contact with his face because they travel at such high speeds. I didn't see it, so I thought it was weird. But he went down holding his face. And I was like, Thomas, you're a big dude, man. You seem tough. Like, I don't know why you went down. So it's either a flop or Lowry, like, tipped his eye or something, but I thought Harry got his shoulder, like you said. Yeah, I was, I was watching Raptors Wizards and uh, Real Madrid Barcelona broke out. <laughs> uh, All right, so, yeah. so the uh, uh, before we give the uh, three stars, let's just, just check the uh, quick reaction. Uh, the quick reaction, uh, oh my God, there's more A's on here than Jeremy Lin's Harvard Report card. Yeah. No. Uh, and oh, and I, again... Can I just uh, say one thing? Yeah. Yeah, so I watched El Clasico um, last year in Miami with a Colombian family, and it, there were half Barcelona fans and half um, Madrid fans, and it was the craziest thing I've ever been to, and the cops got called. I've never experienced anything like that in my life. There's so much anger. But yeah, <laughs> I just <laughs> thought I'd put that do you, out. Do you, follow the Spanish, do, you, do you follow the Spanish league at all, La Liga? Yeah, I like Juventus. That's my team, even though it's the Serie yeah. A or Castilla, yeah. I guess. But yeah, La Liga is pretty good. Yeah, it's top heavy, but whatever. It's okay. Yeah, but, but I think the Clasico and I, and I follow. I, I actually prefer the Atletico Madrid versus Barcelona games. Those are always. Uh, it's like style versus grit. Like if there is one, it's just like exquisite passing, uh, you know, flair, all that against just like grit. Atletico is like Boston. You know, I Boston. hate Boston, but I like Atletico. So could you not associate those two things for me, man? Because that's going to ruin Atletico Madrid for me. Does Boston have an unlikable lead white guy? Maybe Brad Stevens, Griezmann, uh, face unlike- Well, the, the most unlikable white guy at Boston ever was Larry Bird. Yeah. I, I, really I can't funny. think of a more. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyways. anyways. But let's do the three stars and wrap this up. Um, all right, man. Third star, who you got? Uh, this obviously, I, there's only eight guys to pick from. I, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to do Lynn just because, um, but I don't think that's fair because Serge had such a good game. Obviously we've talked at nauseum about Serge's impact and, uh, Serge is my guy for third star. All right. Serge, uh, yeah, Serge, Serge, man. I mean, nobody, like nobody picked him. Like he, his entire season has been a surprise and continues to be in, Amazing surprise, and hopefully it just just freaking never ends, man. Yeah, I feel um, the same way. I I nominate uh, Kyle Lowry for uh, the second star band. Uh, I thought a couple of big charges, 13 assists, good leadership in the absence of Kawhi, kept the ball moving, uh, always shoveling the pass. Like he's always driving, turning his back a little bit, and looking who's at the wing for an open three. 
and he does a good job of just like having like a, almost an underhanded pass to the guy. He's always in good shooting rhythm. So uh, I'll go with Kyle Lowry just for this game and generally his strong February. And I think the guy, the rest comes in at a nice time for him. I think I think he's got to feel good going into the All Star break, knowing that he's playing well, the team's playing well. Uh, so yeah, yeah, Kyle Lowry, man. Yeah, there's actually just a quick wrinkle about Lowry's game since Siakam entered the starting lineup. You'll see Lowry after he gets the ball, like as an outlet pass or after he gets a rebound, he travels just about every time because he maintains that the ball will stay in his passing pocket for a little bit longer as he surveys the court. He usually travels because he'll move his pivot foot and then he'll put the ball down. But it's just something interesting to see that he does now that Siakam is always up court. Um, Anyway, I I really like that he does that. Um, My first star, or go ahead. Oh, the first star is, I mean, it's Siakam. I mean, Jesus Christ. Wow, shocking. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with that one. Uh, Let's move on to the uh, Gerald Henderson Award. And uh, we got a couple of candidates. Jabari Parker definitely is, uh, is one. Uh, and uh, Bobby Portis is another. Uh, uh, Portis, who came over from Chicago, is uh, like one of the happiest Wizards ever because uh, I think he absolutely hated the Bulls and uh, he's found a bit of a bit of a life here. Uh, uh, Parker, I guess, 22 points. And um, what, do, what do you think? Yeah, I, I yeah. definitely would choose Parker. Obviously, Bobby Portis, he's got great big eyes that are so funny to look at and he's so animated, but it has to be Jabari Parker. Yeah, Jabari Parker, uh, former hypothetical superstar in the NBA, now coming off the bench for the Washington Wizards. He and Wiggins both have had a hell of a time in the league, and they were both lauded. I mean, Jabari, when he was in high school, was lauded as, like, when he was in grade 10, the next big thing. And then once Wiggins' mixtape dropped and everybody saw him, he did that very special spin, two-step gather, and dunked on everybody. Mm-hmm. And and then everybody was like, oh, now this is the guy. And now neither of them are the guy, which is sad, but also kind of funny. He, he uh, and maybe this is a bad comparison, but uh, he kind of reminds me of Derek Williams. That's a great comparison, actually, yeah. Right, like, I think they were both drafted second, and there was a debate on who was better. Should he have gone one or two at the time? I think it was um, Kyrie who went number one. and. Yeah. There was a significant. It, it it turned out there was a significant drop off between number one and number two. Well, Derek Williams, he shot like forty three percent from downtown when he was with Arizona, and everybody's like, he's an athletic freak. He can stroke it. He's gonna kill it in the league. And then he couldn't shoot when he was in the league, and yeah. was dunking over motorcycles. That was very anticlimactic in the dunk contest. And then people just they didn't like him anymore. And, and I, I don't. You know, I, I'm not a college basketball expert by any means, but I, I know I, I watch what I can. And I, I just feel that it's it's very difficult to translate um, your, defen- defen- your defensive game to the NBA because the, the guys at the NBA are just so much better, like on offense, that if you got by in college, you were an average defender in college, uh, more offensive focused. Uh, you know, you, you didn't have to try too hard to be an average defender, and you that, and that was kind of your thing. You come to the NBA, and you're going to get shot. And that, that's what happened to Derek Williams. Like he, he was one of the worst defenders I have ever seen. And the big question marks coming into the draft for him was was his uh, was his defense. But the but the but the the flip side was like, you know what? Like he's he's a good athlete, uh, which means that once he ups his effort, he will turn into a decent defender in the NBA. At the very worst, he'll be like average. And that 
that theory was debunked after three months of watching him play and uh, back-to-backs. And it was like, this guy, is, he will never play defense. That story could almost be written as like scripture that he's athletic, so his like defense. Yeah. <laughs> that is that has been sold almost as often as the Bible or whatever book you want to choose. It's and it has failed a lot of people, man. You never know, but geez. All right, Sam. I think that we'll we'll wrap it up. So this is the All Star break. Uh, the Raptors have a few days off. Up next for them are the Spurs. Um, let me just pull up the uh, schedule uh, and tell you when it is. Uh, and uh, so, so, Sam, why don't you keep talking while I pull up the schedule? Okay. Uh, I guess I'll just let everybody know. Um, keep your eyes out. I'll be. You can go to Twitter, S A M F O L K K. I'll be doing a mailbag on Monday after the All Star break, and then yeah. So I'll try and be the heir apparent to Blake Murphy if that's possible, and I'll try. Amazing. And- Amazing. You, you, the way you fill that gap, I think you're you're on your way. Uh, we we got a we got a nine day break. Um, Feb twenty second is the next game. Uh, that's San Antonio at uh, seven p.m. at home on ESPN. Demar Derozan returns to uh, Toronto. Will will be back for that one, and he will do the post game podcast. Uh, there may be a Raptors weekly podcast on Monday, which I will try to find uh, a guest, and we'll talk about some whatever we can talk about. But until then. The Raptors are at the official midway point of the season, but it's not really midway because we have played like 59 games, so it never really made sense to me. Uh, they're 43 and 16, and uh, I think it's good returns for, uh, for for the first half of the season. Definitely. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.